This podcast is a Kitty Wing production. Rockus Marcus. Rockus Marcus. My high school Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another fun episode of my high school iPod. I am your host, Jay Howell. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Uh, this is the show where we uh, hop in the old time machine and uh, go uh, listen to the music that we really enjoyed in high school. And we find out if we were really onto something or uh, we were horribly mistaken. Uh, I am joined, as always... By my uh, co-pilot in this this here time machine, uh, co-host, co-pilot, producer extraordinaire, and a dear friend of mine, Muhammad Joma. Hey, buddy. How you doing? Good, man. This is exciting. This we, is exciting. Episode two. Episode two. Yeah, it should be fun. Uh, the first one went I'm all s- right. The first one went very long, and I had to edit <laughs> it for a long time. But it's, <laughs> it's weird to just like jump into doing a podcast because it's like with anything, it's like you're not good at it at first. No, but I mean, I was, but you're well, not. Well, yeah. <laughs> Let me reframe it. Some of us aren't good at it at first. No, this is great. We're we're having a good time. It is weird though because I think um, you kind of get caught in conversation because we enjoy talking to one another and our friends. And then you kind of forget like, Oh wait, we're doing something here. Right. We have to make this, uh, me in, uh, by the way, I'm still learning how to mix levels, <laughs> but, uh, we're doing something here and like, we need to also make it entertaining and not just have a conversation. Right. Like we went on plenty of, ta- and I'm a fan of tangents, but we went oh, on absolutely. something that was just like, we got to scale back a little bit, but, but it was good. It was fun, and it was fun hanging out with uh, Mitchell Hardage. Yeah, episode yeah. two. Go back and listen to that one after this one. I guess you don't have to listen to them in order. It's okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to be making a lot of references to that episode. <laughs> so. Um, so yeah, <laughs> make sure you at least listen to the post credit scene at the end because Nick Fury comes in and ties everything together. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, when we decided that we were going to do um, more episodes of this. Uh, I, I had a list in my head of people that I really wanted to get on as a guest. And one of the first people that came to mind uh, is our guest today. Uh, he is a, a good friend of mine. Uh, we've been friends for a few years now, and uh, we play music together. Uh, he has his own record label. Uh, he's constantly listening to music, and uh, he's also uh, not shy about giving his opinion about things which is a great combination of qualities to have to be on this podcast. So, uh, please welcome Justin Green. Hello. Hey, buddy. Man, you made it sound so much cooler than it actually is. To be you? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Like, hearing the, the third-person assessment. <laughs> like, I haven't been introduced in, in anything, Man, really, in several years. so I, I could have gone on. I, yeah, I mean, don't, please don't, because that's good enough, and I'm going to live live with that for a what little if, while What if now. people introduced 
uh, people to each other the way that they introduce people on a oh podcast. Like, <laughs> hey guys, uh, you know, he has his own record. Like before saying your name, the he whole, has his own record label. He's my good, good friend. Yeah. Uh, the whole, the whole Jenny, party. this is Justin. <laughs> the whole party would just be like introducing each other. And you're like, oh God, I got to go um, home. Yeah. Just been introduced to people for three hours. You got to make sure you get everything in there, man. Yeah. Like, in fact, honestly, it speaks to the fact that this is the second episode because I didn't give you like anything. I didn't give you notes. You didn't request what to introduce me as, which uh, you should have done. Like, let's. <laughs> no, no, no. I had it. What, what, what he missed that you'd like to be added? Yeah, let's I hear mean, it. like, if I'm hosting a podcast, I'm probably going to be like, what do you want me to call you? Do you want to host like, this thing? other than your name and so then i would tell you like i want to be introduced as like justin green like and then i would say something that sounds <laughs> but you're not saying it well i mean yeah. i didn't have time i didn't have time to prepare you would have like, thought of something if you had I'm trying to curate an experience here haven't right. you been to the internet should we just give you like a random like generic nickname that can be in between justin and green Ooh, that sounds good the I shadow like just in like. the shadow group. We'll workshop it. <laughs> Just we anything. Time. So the shadow. We're really glad you're here. <laughs> thanks for for. I'm gonna roll with that. Thanks <laughs> for agreeing to do this podcast. Yeah, no, and, thank uh, you. I'm flattered. Yeah, like I said, um, we we have been friends for a few years now. You you play uh, in Pony League uh, mm. with myself and uh, a few other dudes. And um, when you uh, joined the band, mm-hmm. uh, we started. Uh, when we would play shows out of town, uh, it involves a lot of like driving and like listening to music. And uh, I think we found very quickly that uh, you and I come from a similar past. Ooh, um, almost too eerily similar. It was weird. Yeah. Um, it's like looking in a mirror. Um, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, and 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 you like me. Uh, I know you you still enjoy some of the bands that that we liked in high school oh, yeah. and uh and just want to forget that some of them even happened mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but here's the problem this podcast uh will refuse to let those bands go away <laughs> yeah lucky for you i'm really good at uh just confronting my demons <laughs> <laughs> Are there it, it, it just in a base before we get into some bands and specifically it, it, are you do you feel a little embarrassed by the music you listen you used to listen to or do you kind of still stand behind most of it it's funny it's funny that you ask because i think preparing for today i asked that of myself and i'm i think i'm fine with it i <laughs> i think if you asked me a few years ago i probably would have been like totally because yeah. uh, i don't know did you just hear that new uh the national album though that's <laughs> the sort of that's the sort of thing i'm trying to sound like i like right the national now, is this, this podcast base level of cool music by that's the way. I right we brought them up right like they as a cool they're so normal cool. band. they did the like obama <laughs> campaign they're on npr and shit like you know it's good shit but the now though at 32 i'm just i no, i still i like it i've come back around yeah i dig it I'm, totally. i stand by it well the important thing is to uh you know you you think back on those bands and uh i know a lot of them were almost kind of like gateways into other kinds of music and you kind of go down this path of like well i don't know if i ever would have liked the national if i didn't first get into this band 
which I got into because I liked this band. And right. like you kind of can kind of trace it back uh, to some of these shitty bands um, that just don't don't really hold up as well. Uh, There's a lot of them. Yeah. Yeah. Which I, is why you have this podcast. That's why. Because, I mean, <laughs> look, I'm going to be super positive, but I can't imagine you want every guest to come out here and just love their high school iPods. Some of it's got to be dunking on yourself. Yeah. Right? Oh, absolutely. I, I do think that some people had better taste in high school than others did. <laughs> yeah. I kind of felt embarrassed hey, talking to Mitchell because he had a couple of shitty bands, but most of it was stuff that, like, it's some stuff that I hadn't heard, and I was like, man, this is pretty cool. I kind of yeah. like this. This is yeah. a new band to me, and I like him. I don't know if I explained the premise well of, enough. Uh, music. <laughs> I was like, Mitchell, you, it's okay if you don't, if you include some of the bands that you don't still think are cool. Like, the, the episode that me and you did was all uncool bands yes <laughs> and some that i was still like these guys are pretty good i know why i liked them back then sure <laughs> it was fun to watch uh muhammad try to like struggle with the fact that he still really enjoys 311 <laughs> oh it's uh yeah. i don't know if really enjoys i don't know justin that well so i immediately got embarrassed this is a safe space it. man i saw your the look in your eye when you heard that like it's not it's not that i piccolo still snare. yeah <laughs> it's not that i still like 311 it's that with a lot of the bands that i used to like i understand why i like them and, and much like you were saying there was a time maybe just like two or three years ago where i would be very ashamed to be like nah they oh, suck sure. or whatever but now you get older and you kind of look back and you kind of remember why you thought that what the frame of mind you were in dude context is important for sure you know? yeah like yeah it'd be weird you, if you accidentally associate that stuff when you listen to it or hear it again right and that's going to trigger either a positive or a negative or whatever experience, for sure not just like this is a good song. Yeah. Regardless of that. Yeah. You know? It'd be one thing if I f heard a new 311 song today and was like, these guys are good. <laughs> but it's different for me to be like listening to, Listen, you know, grassroots and going, world, I get it. I know why I like these. Like this, I'm still into it. Whatever. Whatever. No, I, Fuck I, you, Jay Howell. <laughs> I get it, dude. It's, it's, uh, it's like in High Fidelity when he reorganizes his records autobiographically because he can remember certain things about his life. Yeah about when he started liking that yeah, album totally. versus like you know the alphabetic the more scientific you know scientific scientific more scientific yeah, yeah. way we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna fix that <laughs> the more scientific way to categorize your your interests and likes which is like well, i like this genre and i like it because it's got a verse chorus verse structure and there's a lot of blah blah <laughs> you know fuck all that dude like yeah, yeah. I like this song because I was dating this girl at the time, and we fought a lot, but it was pretty fun. And we went to two of their concerts, and you know, that's that's a thing. Like I, I think when I listen to music now, um, I'll I, I enjoy it. I I lo like I'll love a band or a song, but there there is that like uh, almost any any of the music that I listened to back in high school. Uh, there's usually a memory, like a specific, yeah. I can remember being in my car with so-and-so and we were like on our way to Steak and Shake and somebody said, like, there's always a, there's like a story that goes along with it. Right. For sure. Probably the same Steak and Shake that I went to. Then that's the thing. 
<laughs> you were on the way. We were on the way to the same shows. That's what we realized. Oh yeah, yeah Jay that's and pretty I, cool. I'd be think... like, I went to so and so. Is it the masquerade? And I was like, I was at that show. Yeah, yeah. Every of, single time. We were destined to become. You stop at that steak and shake on up seventy five, right outside of the city, right, dude. Right yeah. by uh, what is it? The the church there. Yeah, the Mount, big, Mount Parent. Big right old by church. Mount Parent, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time is a flat circle, you guys. It's why we're making this podcast. Absolutely. Right. A flat circle similar to the wheel on the iPod that you would have to use in order to scroll through songs. Had a satisfying click. Oh, it really did. It was a good click on Man. the iPad. When did you you can eBay one of those and it like it it would cost you a little bit of money. Like yeah. they're not they're not cheap to get because they're so badass. Do you purchase mu- music, Justin or Jay? I actually don't know. Do you, are you guys music buyers or I we're all streaming nowadays. So. I, I buy physical music. I don't buy digital music. Like, right. I don't go to the iTunes store unless I have like a gift card. That seems super unnecessary. Yeah. I like to buy vinyls, but I find that most of the vinyls I buy are old vinyls. I right. mean, that's part of the fun for me is like looking sure. through. But I do think sometimes like Kendrick Lamar puts out vinyls and stuff, and I'm like, I he's my favorite artist. I should maybe buy one. Yeah. I never do. Just, Justin has a signed <laughs> nah. copy. Oh, of dude. damn. Well, he did sell did it really? to like, the whole world, so. Yeah, but you have one. Was it like a pre-order thing, or was it? Uh, Yeah, it was during a pre-order, and it has a a very quick, quickly scribbled K L, (laughs) and then just a line, right? I mean, he actually did send a separate. Oh, come on, dude! (laughs) You know, you know that K dot would not do us like that. That's not. Come on, he's an honest guy. Anyways, it was on a separate sleeve too. That was the that was the class move. Instead of give, making you frame the thing, oh right, you you know he knows you're gonna keep the record still, right. so he sent you a separate sleeve. That's cool. I like that. That is cool. It's, it's the extra touch that you pay so sixteen, it, seventeen it, more dollars. For. <laughs> is it framed up on a wall somewhere? Oh know? yeah, I That's put it awesome. in my office, man. I, Very cool. I, you know. I, and it was on Damn. Damn is a good. It's a good record. It won. Didn't it win a Pulitzer Prize? Dude? I. I even like, it, did it really. That's yeah, crazy. I mean, it won some some awards. Records yeah. win Pulitzer prizes? Not this usually. <laughs> so yeah. I, I thought. I, I. I mean, Damn is one of those. I think this thing this way a lot. Uh, my wife makes fun of me for it, but I think Damn is an underrated album, and yeah. she would argue like everybody loved that album so it's not underrated but i think it is really really good and it didn't right. quite get the praise that like to kill a butterfly got um it didn't it's weird and it won awards but yeah. it, it wasn't like well maybe that because at that time though by the third album well fourth i guess fourth album like you just expected it to, to be, be amazing i know that like, is what happens which yeah. is an unfortunate thing how do the how does the pulitzer prize work like is it like the Oscars, where there's like an envelope and like, <laughs> and, and the, the Pulitzer is. Prize goes to, damn, damn, by Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> I don't know. And, and he stands up and goes, damn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive in. Um, so yeah, uh, Justin, you go ahead and get this thing kicked off. Uh, music in high school that you liked. Um, it can be something that you still listen to now or something you haven't listened to in a while and you wonder to yourself, is it still good or have I moved on? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Are you going to suggest the band or are we going to... This is You are the guest, man. Okay. I, I kind of have an idea about uh, a few that, 
that you wanted to bring up just because we we've been talking about doing this for a little while now who was who why don't we start with like the big one who is your favorite high school band at yeah. least for a period for most of what you considered your i would say probably so this is what jay and i probably originally talked about the get up kids yes uh and the get up kids were i don't know they're like you know they're probably like a few years older than me <laughs> I and, always and at the wonder time, that. I thought like they're older. They're older. Yeah, than yeah, me. Right. they're definitely but, older. But when I was that. in high school, I was like, they are. That's totally fucking doable. Right. Like, and to them, their music was like something that I could actually see myself accomplishing. And so I double liked it for that reason. I still like it for that reason. It's I. <laughs> I remember, um, like. One, they were one of the first bands that I really got into that had like a keyboard player. Yeah. Oh yeah. Which I was like doing like synth stuff, and then yeah. also just like dude who had his own band. Stuff. Well, and they were right. Yeah. Reggie and the Full Effect. Which, oh yeah. Like, yeah. Totally, man. Which I forgot. They had a that. few good songs, but I I remember buying their CD and being like, I don't like this. As they much were as on a lot of samplers. Reggie and the Full yeah. Effect. Yeah. That they're more sam- than get up kids fodder. for some reason. Sampler fodder for sure. <laughs> they're on all the they're on all the tours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, yeah. but yeah, they did. They had keyboard player. Like, they really, I don't know. They expanded uh, the genre in like album to album in the first three albums, pretty significantly. Yeah. Do you want to play something while we while yeah, we, we talk about that? We talk over it while we listen to it. Yeah. Do you want to uh, hit play? Yeah, on let's do it. Okay. So stuff? let's just uh, kick it off with the uh, the track, man. You know the one. There it is. Pig scratching, baby. Oh, yeah. I mean, listen, as a high schooler into this genre, you know, being skinny, I did have an electric guitar, and I could do this, and that was, like, my form of being energetic and athletic. Like, yeah. I could fucking get up and wail and do this well, yeah. shit. They had, they had a lot of energy. I mean, it was essentially, I don't know if it's, like, punk rock music, but it had that, when you went to shows, people were pumping their fists. Shouty. They definitely have a punk rock thing and going like, on. Yeah. He has a great voice, too. He His has a very, voice like, is so, like, unique, and, like, yeah. if you try to sing like him, you, like, can't really do it. He, he might arguably be doing that whiny thing better than anybody else. We, yeah. we listen to Chris Caraba, yeah. who kind of has a similar thing going on, but there's, like, no edge to it. Right. Where this guy sounds, like, real and kind of raw. This is rock and roll, man. It, yeah. I mean, it feels like this is the only way he can sing. <laughs> right. You know, like if you were just like, yeah, but do it with less of that. And he'd just be like, that's how I do it. But see, that's the genius behind. Oh, God, see, I'm already gushing. <laughs> I don't want <laughs> to. Okay. Spoiler alert. I love the Get Up Kid still. Yeah. This Matt, one's... Matt Pryor's genius is that he can tone it down. But when he sings in this like way. It does feel like this is what he's got to give. Yeah. Like, this is what you came for. And that's why a lot of, I think, their hardcore fans, a couple albums after this, they're the album after this. No, two albums after this. They were a little bit, like, miffed with uh, the transition to the more acoustic to, and, like, um, feel on, on a wire. On a wire. Right. I want to talk about on a wire because I, I had a... Let's do that. But let's uh, like, listen to this just a little bit more. Because the drummer of this band was like my, and still is, I, I love listening to him drum. This sounds like a, a mountain party song, by the way. Which Jay drums for? In high school, <laughs> this guy was like, my, the, the, what I wanted to be like as a drummer. Like he was just so, 
like creative and like his drumming went exactly with the song like yeah. it was really impressive and it's still i mean it's still great it's the drummer as more than a technician or like a you know it's you can't be a drum machine or a studio musician and capture that like you have to be in a fucking band yeah and you have to have jammed with these dudes in order to know all those different dynamic changes and the emotion behind it exactly and uh the drummer and the bass player are brothers. Oh, which, what? So they have See, some kind that. of brother connection music. I don't know. Yeah. But There's a real poppiness to this music, too, that, yeah. I, that I feel like is sort of missing in modern rock, you know? Oh, yeah. Think- and this was coming out at the time when, like, that more aggressive alternative rock was dominating. Right. Dominant, like, this was uh, 2001? No, this was 1999. Excuse me. So think about what's coming around in 1999. Right. It's like Woodstock, dude. Like Limp Biscuit, right. corn. You know, there was no, there was no, like seeding your masculinity in order to make rock music. But they right. didn't care about that. Yeah. But there was also a thing about the Get Up Kids and uh, like a lot of the Vagrant Records bands, where they almost like they weren't playing them on the radio, and like it was almost like they peaked at like a certain size uh venue uh like they would play uh i saw them like at the masquerade and like they would play like when the cotton club was still around like they and it was like and it almost made it better as like for me as a high school kid sure just like because the shows were they were packed but it was like you were never going to see them at even like the like variety playhouse or something like that was like the next step up that uh like if they were like headlining a tour yeah they didn't necessarily get to that level um and it and it was like it like added to the whole feel of of going to see that band play like felt intimate still yeah even though they were you know they're maybe the like number one band of that genre for this group of kids like our age at that time right like the get up kids were fucking canon or you know what i'm saying <laughs> did, you, like, did you have the t-shirt that was like the godfather i believe i did i have remember that, that yeah yeah i had a couple i had a couple yeah but like they, you know they inspired a ton of people like myself to be in music and they, and even though there's not a, a radio act like that there are a lot of bands since then and even today like of course today tons and tons of bands making really kick-ass music like this and so the fact that the get up kids are still out there doing it i think it's cool i mean and they've kind of returned to this sound that you just heard more than some of the stuff where they like went in the more variety playhouse indie rock crossover shit yeah on a wire so they're they're still out there making new music yeah they had an ep that came out in 2017 four songs came on polyvinyl as a new label wow but um, the same label is like of Montreal and a lot of like more you know indie rock stuff. But it's uh, it's very much it sounds like that. It's that. I kind of consider it the same as the cycle with me, which like I said a few years ago, maybe I wouldn't like go to a Get Up Kids show because I'm in my like snobby late twenties phase. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but now I would totally go to a Get Up Kids show, and maybe they in, in the same way like time has. They went through the same transition you and I did, dude. Yeah. Like, 
they started drinking wine and sniffing their own farts, <laughs> making laid-back records with subtleties and nuance. And then they were like, you know what? I just want to, I just want to crunch. And yeah. and that's what they're back yeah. to doing. Just have some fun. I mean, I get it. Well, let's right. let's do this. Um, play <clears throat> play a song off on a wire. Uh, you oh can, God, you can let's choose. just kick it off from the. So we're just gonna talk about get up, kids, the whole time. Oh no, no, no! no. But this is a <laughs> this is a big thing. Okay. All right, let's uh, let's. I just want to show like what explaining like what we were just talking about, so you can like like this is the first song on on a wire, and it's great. Instead of the pig scratching, the drummer is using brushes. This this sounds more like which for oh my god, what is this? For a sixteen-year-old Jay Howell, I'm sure using brushes was a. I kind I, of a, either a revelation or a letdown. I went and bought a pair of brushes from like the guitar <laughs> center yeah, because did. I was like, if he's doing it, right. I like that I have to do too. it. That's cool. Yeah. This album, much, I don't think I ever really listened to this album. I don't. I didn't listen to a lot of Get Up Kids. Dude, but. if this album came out today, I feel like it would do pretty well. Yeah, this is sound. This is like modern, a, to be you know. And so what so, is this? This is like 2001. 2002, or something? man. 2002? We're 16 years old, yeah. and we we all want you know the same thing, like the scratchy pop punk. And yeah. they were a little above that because they were in their the ripe early years or the ripe old years of their early 20s. <laughs> 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 if you will. This this album uh, I definitely uh, have listened to more probably in the last five years than and then the other Get Up Kids albums. Sure. Not because they're not good. You're I still a enjoy guy, them. Man. But yeah, I'm like You're older. I want I want something a little a little less refined. Uh, yeah. Sure. It's good. It's so good. I've gone the other way. Fuck. Fuck that. <laughs> I want it to be, at well, this you're, point, you're I'm trying shadow. to like relive my youth <laughs> a little bit. So I'm like, you know, let's make it abrasive and hard. And I, I kind of, this is why Mountain Party exists right now, basically. I'm kind of getting to that point myself nowadays yeah. where I'm just like, I need, like, I mean, to be honest, I listen to a lot of pop music in general <laughs> now <laughs> because I just, I do really appreciate something that is like catchy. And, and fast and, and loud, yeah, yeah. and kind of yeah. to the point, you yeah, know, like for sure. <laughs> it's like I don't need all this pussy flitting around. No, just I give me it. a fucking chorus a hook <laughs> that like I'm exactly. into. <laughs> Dude, I will. I'll take on my current daily playlist. You'll probably more likely to find like Carly Rae Jepsen or some Nick Jonas than yeah. than the Get Up Kids. These <laughs> Carly Rae Jepsen has a new. Song. Not even gonna not lie, bad, man. By the way, Dude, the wait after it come. Can we time out after Party for One? Or were we no, Party for One is the last oh one I heard, God, which is a song, song about masturbating, and yeah, it's amazing. It's great song, great song. Hey everyone, this is Justin from Mountain Party, and the guest on this episode of My High School iPod that you're listening to right now. I hope you're enjoying listening to us talk about our tales of teenage pop-punk fandom. And if you're into this type of music, you might be into the new Mountain Party EP, which comes out next Friday, April 5th. It's called Proletariat, and the title track that you hear in the background is out now on streaming services. In addition to streaming, the EP will be out on 7-inch vinyl and CD, so if you're a fan of physical formats, head over to BearKidsRecordings.com to scoop one, and leave a note with your order that you heard this ad on My High School iPod, and we'll send you a little something extra. Now, back to the podcast.
right. Let, what, what else we got? Next up. <laughs> oh, God. I don't know. Um, <laughs> we could talk about Saves the Day. The Get Up Kids and Saves the Day are in, inextricably linked in most people's minds, honestly. We've, we've like, talked about... They've toured together a ton of times. We've, we've talked here about, like, uh, back when you were, like, if you found a band that you liked back in yeah. high school, you also found every other band that was on their label. Right. Yeah. And oh, that's, that's the, that was the original Spotify that, yeah. clicking so you were like, discovery That thing. was the rabbit hole back then. Yeah. Man, just... compilation discs. Yeah. Yeah. Those were honestly the, the shit, dude. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's just like listening to playlists now, like user created. I, I really like uh, I like the way that Spotify renamed the uh, related section to fans also like, because sometimes <laughs> you're like, listen, dude, they're not the same. I get that if you like the Lumineers, you also like Mumford and Sons. No, they are the same. <laughs> they're like exactly the same. <laughs> Sorry, side, side tangent. But yeah, the, you know, that was the uh, you would go to like the Warp Tour. Yeah. You'd come home with like a dozen, like fully. Yeah, they just hand them out. At least a dozen <laughs> compilation CDs and pick a label that you liked, like. And Saves the Day was, what were they, Equal Vision? They they were Vagrant. I know, like, vagrant, uh, okay. Stay What You Are. Yeah. I know that was the one, definitely yeah. on Vagrant. That was the one. Yeah. Let's I don't hear know some. With let's play, let's play cool. some. Oh, I'll play some Stay yeah, What You Are. Let's, so, play, let's play something off of that album. Saves the Day, uh, you know, I hope they're not listening to this, to be honest. I still love this album. Nobody's listening to this. this. Is, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Silly audience of, of us. Um, I still love this album as a full, as an album, like as a concept. You know, like this is a good album. But I think I think it suffers from that but thing it, that a lot of us. It doesn't age well lyrically. Like the music and the production choice. I wish that I had written it. But a lot of the like sentiment of that age and they were like they're not much older than us like, right probably older than us. i don't know man you know it's problematic <laughs> like it just doesn't it doesn't come off well like it's a it's semi-violent you know against yeah. women and like it's all of that like time period was like really blaming blaming the the girl for like this guy being yeah. an unlikable asshole yeah, yeah. and when i go back and i listen to it like listening to the lyrics i just am like dude you were a dick yeah we, we actually talked a lot <laughs> like, about that with we, mitchell talking about weezer yeah Weezer's weezer and brand new, brand new. oh just, my god just, dude i don't want to nice, get into not that good happens. people yeah. Yeah, like, <laughs> singing shitty you're, lyrics you're a shitty person and you like <laughs> you made a whole career off of like painting like the the bitchy ex yeah is like this like evil archetype and, and like, we're on i'm not i'm honestly i'm not for that in terms of the genre all of that can go to hell well yeah of course well now that we like <laughs> the are, benefit are of age children, and hindsight yeah, yeah right. exactly but i mean yeah and at the time it's like well one like of course you're gonna like agree with the narrator of the story and be like, right. "Yeah, you poor guy, uh, you got a raw I deal." I feel so bad for you. I, so I you should probably hang her from a cross or whatever yeah. the fuck this, this like some song in here says. I did love this album though. I think oh, it, I think good. it was a little different than a lot of stuff that was coming out at the time. I remember feeling very uh, just. It's, like it was unique. For, oh, in a sea of sort of sameness. Oh, for sure. Like. This was this was like experimental almost. I mean, within the 
confines right. of the genre. Right. Like I think, and I think that you know it was like they're mature, they're right. artistic. <laughs> All right, let's let's figure out what's the verdict of of saves the day. I think if you heard that person's voice today, you'd never heard that before. His voice would immediately turn you off. I, I think that's the problem. I think it holds up. I think that's the problem with a lot of that early 2000 yeah. music is that you couldn't get past that. We yeah. we forgive it because it's it was part of our like because it was coming the, of age. And it was whatever. the thing then too. I mean, that was just like I guess that's just what everybody We was were fucking doing, some, you know? for some reason <laughs> in like the early aughts was Emo was mainstream and like marketable and popular, and like we let a lot of unforgivable music get made. <laughs> Those two bands we just touched on are like the creme de yeah. 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 Like, there's some horrible, right. truly awful shit on my high school iPod that I would never listen to today strictly because of the way that the guy sang, right? You know, because of that like cloying. What I don't know what the word is, man. It's I just, guess it's just like a whininess. There's something I think. Listening to it as, as a like a high school kid, it almost made it like the way that they were singing <clears throat> to us was like, oh, they really mean it. Yeah, like they are like giving it a hundred and fifty percent. It was emotional for yeah. sure. It was very emotional sound to their voices, which is like you know, like in hindsight now, listening to it is like, well. It's not good. It's not like the way that you should sing a song. Right. I think I always thought then that it was sort of influenced by like um like 90s British pop punk, you know, sure. like that sort of like yeah. kind of sound, you know. It's my yeah. best impression of it. I mean, I remember thinking that specifically well, of Green Day cuz Billy Joel is basically doing like a, you know, Sex Pistols sort of sure. thing. Wait, not Billy Joel. Billy Joel Billy Armstrong. Joe. Billy yeah. Joe. Billy Joe Armstrong. <laughs> Billy Joel leads yeah. him Green Day. <laughs> <laughs> Billy Joel's doing some kind of alien shit that some people like for some sort of reason. <laughs> but yeah, but then a lot of the music that came out sort of after that, after, like post Green Day, we're all kind of doing. I don't know if I, if I should say Green Day was well, no, the I pioneer think of that. But though, yeah, I mean sure. everybody sort of started doing that. And maybe it's more that it's an emotional way of singing, but I always sort of likened it to like, oh, they're kind of doing fake British accents. Right. They're singing the way that, you know, well, British even punk bands sing. Any, any band that had a front man back then, like if you think about like uh, like Taking Back Sunday or like Thursday or any of those yeah. bands, those front men were just doing like Mick Jagger impressions yeah. on stage. like. As far Very as their like mannerisms, yeah. walking away That's from the, the mic thing, and then like running up to it. We, we yeah. grew up with pop punk, which is like guys who could sing. I think punk initially was dudes who couldn't, and like they were able to be in bands because the genre allowed. Sure, it. yeah. And then the genre is fucking good. It's it's good stuff. So like people who could sing, you know, naturally they want to make it melodic. Right. And then these guys, yeah. These guys that's took it to the dude, fucking. That is exactly like right. it's like they put they put steroids in it, and yeah. we're like, I've got to sing it like I'm squatting right. 300 they, pounds. They tried to know? mix yeah. that like melodic, pretty thing yeah. with like, yeah, what, like the rawness like, of punk, like and you got know something bastardized. When and you terrible you sound. can't listen to a Taking Back Sunday song from that era right now. Like you can't do it without being like, I'm gonna get a headache if you don't turn that off. Yeah, like. Because it's, it's just the guy singing. You're just like, why? Why uh, is he saying it so hard? 
and loud like <laughs> it's so it's a lot and we're in a loud fast band but even i like it's a different thing like yeah it's more informed by uh i don't know like the instruments than just like the idea of like yes i know your your voice is powerful right we get it we you get saw it. fight club like... a couple of times <laughs> you have some ideas like for if... lyrics that you think are yeah, thought yeah. provoking all right so we were uh i i i was thinking that we needed to play this band because you and i've mm, sure uh, yeah talked i want to be surprised band. i'm excited and uh and then we were just uh bringing back the whole like pop punk sort of thing and you were talking about Green Day, and like if you compared Green Day to most of the pop punk bands that came out around here, you'd be like, I don't know, like Green Day just seems so much cooler. Well, they were first, really. right? They like led the pop. Punk but it was movement. like people were like, we want to be like Green Day, and what they ended up being was like, <laughs> like a combination of like the like whiny singing that we were talking about, yeah. and like okay. So basically, I was thinking about the starting line, oh, and okay. uh, which was a band that I really, really liked in I high school. I don't think I know them. Oh, oh this will be fun oh, for you. Let, we can get. To... Oh, this will be. Fun. Let's get his unadulterated reaction. <laughs> okay, so I'll try to be like. Are you gonna? Which one are you gonna put on? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Okay. <laughs> What's the one that turns up the? Oh, the this one. Sorry. Okay. Tell me what you thought about when you were gone and so alone. The worst is over. I mean, I listen I mean, to time stuff out. like this. It, it, this Back is then. this is still subtle, though. Then you know you gotta you gotta lose the subtlety. There's a dude named Justin Sane who used to do this like acoustic guitar. Yeah. Okay, now that sounds like <laughs> everything. <laughs> so, all right, first impression like is it. that like you know. Well, it's it's a little bit faster, harder, but it reminds me of just like Yellow Card and that sort of whole sure. push of like right. all those other pop punk that like really came out kind of strong and at the exact same time. They yeah, all, it was a very popular thing. Like Yellow Card was yeah. like popular, dude. Yeah, there was a bunch of them. I can't. I don't know why Yellow Card, dude. The no, but they were head, they were a big one. Uh, they were on MTV. They were all Alan Hamilton bands. Alan Hamilton listened to all. Of them. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> he listened to every this one was of those bands. Probably like before Ocean Avenue. I'm guessing. I don't know. Like this. Album, this I like that. I like that little vocal thing they're doing. The little. But is that fake melodies going on? I'm sure it's manipulated yeah. a little bit. Um, it's not bad. I mean, for for. I thought it was going to be worse by the way you guys were reacting to it. It sounds like something that was Well, no, this cool. is this is not a a bad song. This is like this if, is probably their best song. If they had <laughs> stu- if they had stuck with this. If they kind of, you know, it, it's kind of leaning a little bit almost into like the later like the good Charlotte Fallout Boy sure. that came yeah. out. It has it, a, it seems very, it sounds very produced. It sounds very clean. It's compressed, and like that's the guitar. It's like yeah, squeezed, man. Yeah, into a radio-friendly tone that totally. fit on your on your on your wireless band. Right. It you also know what I mean? it also had the perfect, uh, which so many bands and so many songs did, was the like the little like instrumental. Everything drops out. Yeah. And then I know. there's the <laughs> first just... line of the chorus, so they could all jump. <laughs> like, yeah. and you better fucking believe they all jumped. If they don't uh, jump in, 
Like, what, what, they're like choreographed. They're at the same time. Oh yeah, it has to be. It was that. With one of them can be the standing side. on the bass drum when they jump and come off. That's absolute perfection. I, I think, like, I, 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 because I listen to a lot of pop music now. I find that one of the biggest problems that I have with like a lot of pop music is um, uncoolness. Like, uh, a lot sure. of people like Taylor Swift. I think Taylor Swift sucks because she's just not cool. She needs some coolness to her. Like, she seems very dorky and stiff, and, like, it sucks for her type of music. Like, her music needs – she needs to be interesting. Right. She's right. not. She's very – I mean, that's just my personal opinion. But I think that if I was an adult when this music was coming out, that's exactly how I'd feel about most of this is just like, oh, it's – it's not that bad, but like it's very uncool. Like, right. It's weird that people think it's these guys are cool. cool dude. Like, yeah. <laughs> it dude, sounds somebody nerdy. brought up uh, Twenty One Pilots to me and like played it for me, and this was after they were like already super famous among very young people. I don't think I've ever heard of Twenty One Pilots. See, I don't and think that's I the thing, heard. dude. Because if you listen to it, you would be like. Who would it admit to making this? <laughs> yeah. But like they're super rich, super famous. They're never they're like they're not ashamed of what they make. But to me is that it's like it's not it's not cool. And no, I guess in a it's way very generic I guess in a way I suffer bland. from like wanting to like, you know I like uh you know, I like the fucking Rolling Stones and Mick Jagger and shit like I don't want to be a dork <laughs> like, yeah. like, you know, when yeah. I make my own music. So, But do you think that that's like, like you said, Taylor Swift is like, she's not cool, but do you think that almost in, in this whole, like now where everyone's like, you know, it's cool to be a nerd. Like yeah, but she doesn't. She doesn't do nerd cool either. Like no, no, nerd no. cool is okay. But do you think that? I mean, because <laughs> she has probably a team of people that are like no I, dissecting I, every single move and thing that like that she yeah. says and does. Or do you think that they like are really like trying to like harness let, and like make sure she comes off that way? Let, let me tell you what I think. Yeah, I don't know who was behind it, whether it's her team or her personally. I tend to think it may be her personally, but I think she thinks she's cool. Like I think she thinks like when she wears black and dances with a snake, she thinks she's cool. And that makes it so uncool. Like right. that's my problem is no, that like this is exactly not cool. Saying. You think you're fucking she look she dances you, with you knew snakes. kids a lack of self awareness. <laughs> that yeah, is cool. It's like you I knew people like that in high school. We all did. Where they're like, Oh, you think you're like even you know, maybe they were popular or whatever, but you watch them and you go like that's not what cool is. Just, like, like I might not be popular, thing, but you're you know, not cool. Watching like, it play you're... out in front of you. <laughs> like they may they put that shit in movies because it's fucking funny like right she what she took the she guy to the the least interesting guy in pop music songwriting i'm sorry if you're listening to this jack antonoff like you suck dude like <laughs> your songs are very good but like you're selling your soul for these people and you sampled Right Said Fred. You have to pay <laughs> Right Said Fred money for a song that gets like half a billion fucking plays on Spotify. What song is that? And, and half a billion on Spotify. This Taylor, I mean on YouTube, on uh, this Taylor Swift song, man, you know, look what you made me do. It's, oh. it's, it interpolates the chorus to Too Sexy for My yeah. Shirt. And like they Ooh. acknowledge it because they 
they did it on they purpose. They paid royalties. They paid and stuff, for, yeah. as a songwriting credit, and you know, right? Said Fred's like, yeah, it's fucking cool. <laughs> so I'm sure it does. You know, you know, <laughs> like I think it's stupid. <laughs> like I just think it's it, a dumb thing. You know, there's that, a part in you know his, his band Bleachers though. No, so yeah. Bleachers. I like rules. Bleachers. <laughs> Bleachers. That's the thing. You're pretty good. Well, you're it was a, good. It was a good very talented music. guy. Like yeah. that's my problem with him is, is like he's got he's got the gift and he's just like giving it to the highest bidder like you're you're a nuclear arms dealer and you are dealing with bad actors you know what i'm saying like there's a part in that taylor swift song that look what me made me do this may put like the clearest context of how uncool she is there's a part where it's like a little talking part where the music dies oh yeah she goes like oh hello taylor can't come to the phone right now she's dead why (laughs) no no dude she she even stops she goes why Oh, like you gotta say oh. <laughs> oh she's dead. She's dead. It's the dumbest, Dude. lamest thing I've ever heard in pop music. I want. It's like a nine-year-old being edgy for the first time. Yeah, exactly. yeah. I want to. I want to hear like the messages that people leave. Like, oh, uh, hot, uh, shit. Well. It's gonna uh, leave a God. message, but, but you're dead. Yeah, but, sorry you died, but you're dead. Are you like, are I you, wonder sh- are you if, sure uh, Taylor's dead? Because this sounds a lot <laughs> like Taylor. Are you? Are you, do you lying think, to me right now, Taylor? Do you think there's a, a freshman in high school in 2016 who's gonna do a podcast 10 years later and evaluate if they still like that song? Right. I would like to think that so everyone who's ever bought that song on iTunes, because you know people who like that song, they still. They still purchase songs individually on iTunes. <laughs> Ninety nine moms in like twelve yeah. year olds. <laughs> yeah. So you know, do you think that they're like, I can't believe I like this? Like, surely that's one of those things, right? It'll probably Hopefully. be. It'll probably be like, oh, I liked uh, nineteen eighty five or whatever that album was. Because it wasn't bad. Shake It Off is a good pop song. Dude, if Ryan Adams is willing to cover the whole thing, I'll give it a fair. What was the um? Well, no timeout. What was the other? The Ryan hit? Adams cover is worse. I don't want to. I don't want to make it sound like I'm giving Ryan Adams <laughs> the whole a free album pass. or just the shake. Like it off? I would prefer the Taylor Swift version of 1989. What was that one? The, the Ryan one? Adams cover album's kind of boring. Because uh, it's a cover of the entire album. Sounds like uh, a Christmas song. The uh, <laughs> I was bump bumming. The Bad Blood song. <laughs> no, 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 no. It was. Uh, oh, what, uh, dude, I don't know. I'll, I'll and, I'll, and I'll write your name. That song. Oh, Blank Space. Oh, Feeling 22. Blank Space. Blank Space. Good song. That one was pretty good. So the, the Jack Antonoff guy was in the band Fun. Yeah. With Nate, uh, Nate something. Nate Russ. Yeah. Nate Russ. Who was in? Who was in the format. Yeah. Who was on my high school iPod. And I saw the format many times. But, like, they got infinitely more famous and fun. And, like, they did the song. Was the it, guy did the song with Pink, you know? Yeah. Just give me a reason. Like, that's yeah. that shit. Like, I also thought fun was not... do this. Talk about this. But uh, it's, it's, isn't it unfair of me to... So like I prefer the format. Like I liked the the shit that they were doing then. Was that when you were in high school? The yeah, format? no, it came out in high school for sure. Like they did. I feel like fun was you know me. Twenty thirteen. No, no, no. Fun was was uh, yeah. Fun was when I'd like moved back to Atlanta. Here, I'll put on the format yeah, first. So I guess a little bit yeah. before then. 
Um, I remember a lot of my friends really liking the format, and I, I never got into them. So, I mean... I never heard of any it's of these a, bands. It's a, the guy's got a very, you know, good voice, obviously. That's yeah. what he's gotten famous for. But I saw them several times, and then they even played at my college, like, my freshman year. But then he, you know, he's a very good songwriter. You know he what? made his money as a songwriter and as a singer who sold songs, and then he got to do that one song with Pink, which I probably made more money off that than anything. For sure. I think what I didn't like about this music, about fun more and even bleachers you, you mentioned earlier but i think the problem that i had was that it sounded so much like a throwback yeah to a genre of music that i was kind of over right. you know because no, this came out when we were in our mid-20s i guess right I, so this no. one came out this is oh sorry guys okay i, I don't mean do i'll that. fade it out <laughs> we don't we don't do hard cuts here we fade out Let's poorly see. most of the time too by the way i'm always like Timing's way <laughs> off. Well, <laughs> the, the first time I heard Fun was on um, like a car commercial, and it was right. that like tonight we we're young. young, yeah, and so epic white people music. In my in my mind, it was like those bands are writing, and so many bands now do. Those bands write songs with the idea of like getting them in a commercial, like a car right. commercial or right. something, like. That's the economy, man. You gotta yeah, because you, you make figure money. Out a way to get what, one of my f- favorite artists right now, Lizzo. Have you guys heard Love Lizzo? Lizzo. Lizzo. I do too. But her, her songs are in every other commercial, oh, yeah. and I'm just like, oh, I guess good for you because she's not really on the radio. Everybody knows her, but like, yeah. she must be making a shitload of money Dude, from selling her that's songs. That's how you ads. do it. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that like I have a dual opinion, like. I'm Gollum in that I'm like, no, make music for me the, yeah. the way my high school self loved it. Well, it used to be but that, then by I the way. I also want, like, I get it, man. I'm a musician, too. Like, if Honda was like, let me put your shit in a car commercial, I would probably do it. Like, Absolutely. It is, you know, and, it, it, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to, like, d- tell someone they shouldn't make a living off of their art just so that some, like, snot-nosed idiot with a limited like genre preference. Yeah. Well, because can still like it. Like that seems like unfair. Yeah, because high school Justin didn't have bills to pay or <laughs> a fucking wife and child. That's right, dude. It's probably to, like, young it's probably nice sure. being a musician today because it's a recent development like 2 decades ago. If you put your music in a commercial, people would be like, "You're a sellout." Oh fuck my you, god, fuck dude. your music. For sure. Yeah, for you sure. know what I mean? Dude, <laughs> like there's oh. a huge stigma on that. I, I realized that I was at a certain stage in my life where I heard a band in a commercial and I was just like, who's that band? And I like Shazam. Oh yeah. And it was Dawes in like an old Chevy <laughs> truck commercial. And, uh, I was like, I really like this song. And like fast forward to like five or six years later and like I fucking love Dawes. They're so good. That's great. And I found out about them through a commercial, commercial. A truck commercial. Yeah. So that's the wisdom that only age can bring. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I mean, honestly. Yeah. Could you, you imagine you doing you that when you're younger? Such a <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like, you're like, no, but they were in a Ford commercial. That's so lame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I would give my left nut to be in a Ford commercial <laughs> right now. Like, that would All be right. so awesome. So uh, back in the time machine, this is a band that I, I really liked. I saw them live once. Um, I don't know, like, you and I, I don't know if we've talked about, I assume 
you had at least heard of them. I, I well, we're the same person in two right. different bodies. So, so uh, the band is Coheed and Cambria. Oh my god, oh, yeah. I've seen them live twice. And dude. Uh, well, you beat me because I only saw them once. Um, you probably saw them at the same show Thursday and yeah, I was at the there. Masquerade. Yeah, I was there. Justin, there. dude, I was at that show. See, look at that. Right? Dude. Yeah, that's uh-huh. weird. We dude, were we were all, all in the pit. I was a big. I was a big. <laughs> Thursday is thrice fan, less of a Coheed and Cambria. Oh, dude, I'm a huge Thursday. I'm going to Thursday's uh, f- uh, War All the Time show, not the full collapse show. Do you want to listen to I got Thursday a thrice t-shirt at that show, like weirdly. Uh, After this? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So this is Coheed and Cambria. God, we're really pushing. I know, no, we are pushing. We're good, we're good, we're good. We're good, we're good, we're good. All right. Long episodes. I had a... I got a thrice shirt at the show that I ruined very quickly. <laughs> I, like, I only had it for, like, maybe a few months. So the thing about this band, obviously, was, like, their singer's voice was so high. Yeah. Makes but- Getty Lee sound like a <laughs> fucking, uh, like, uh, Barry White. Took me a minute there. People, people would compare him to Getty Lee, and at that point in my life, I didn't know who that was. So I was just like, whatever. See, and that's that's the backwards education yeah. of, of an '80s kid right there. Like you knew Coheed and Cambria before Rush. Yeah, yeah, I know, right? You would arguably <laughs> be a much bigger Rush fan now. I love sure. Rush now. Yeah. yeah, I listen. I will like go running and listen to Rush. So I all right. Let's give it a let's give it a few seconds because I I have thoughts on it. It is like metal white. So they that's the thing. They took they took metal and like they made it uh, something that kids who listen to these pop punk bands would would go and see, I think. The progressive like yeah. guitar <laughs> clips, but they're they're so short. They, <laughs> also, they don't go very it well. It's not satisfying, is it? <laughs> yeah. Like they actually they became more of like a prog rock band. Did they? Like this was I think this is their first album. It's the first one that's on Spotify. It's the first one I'd heard. But they did become a band that had like eight minute long songs really? that like went through some shit. But They're I never, like, I didn't like them as embrace much. Embrace it, man, yeah. dude. I have zero problems with this band. I'm not gonna yeah, lie. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't mind it. I, I can't think of a single Coheed and Cambria song I would go back and be embarrassed at. Like, they were always kind of literary. They were like the Led Zeppelin of this world. Like, they referenced like the Bible and no, it was something weird. Like, the guy. The guy, the singer, he had like a story. Claudio. He had like a graphic novel or yeah. a novel or something. Oh yeah, and the I albums remember that. Corresponded with yeah. it, so like they were all very narrative driven and shit. You know, ah, oh, it's an, and it's a future NPR lover's dream. I think. <laughs> I think I. Uh, Do you think like this band was being played on? I know all songs considered probably wasn't a thing back then, but you dude, think this would, is something that I would think that Bob Boylan, if they came around, if he was doing it then, like I bet right? you, I bet you covered this. Yeah, that's. I think about that a lot sometimes when I think about the it's music weird. I They're used to listen brow. to. Like, what, what makes them that way? Well, they are doing something different. Coheed and Cambria highbrow. Yeah, like as compared, I guess it's the subject matter. But like in the end, I mean, this is melodic punk yeah. music with just like those metal riffage. The in a time where it wasn't really clear happening, as a bell, much, dude. Yeah. It's you know. Well, yeah. And also, I was gonna say like when I saw them live, I was just. Like even back then, I was like, I wonder if he can sing this live. Oh my and god, he he's did. perfect. He nailed he it. He sounds exactly. Yeah, right. yeah, he's amazing. 
<laughs> um, they're weird ass band. They're super weird. <laughs> and I remember when I went and saw the show too, like being like, these guys are fucking old. I was like yeah. 16, 17, and I was like, those are like 40 year olds. What the fuck? Their bass player was 40 year olds playing the high schoolers, man. It's yeah. weird. <laughs> um, Dude, I, he had like bandanas. Do you remember? Yeah. <laughs> well, and Claudio had huge, like a huge afro, and, uh, it was just constantly like in his face. Yeah, and in his still eyes. got it. He still got and it. And you were just like, I mean, and like he would like push it back. Yeah. And it almost just seemed like kind of cumbersome where it'd be like, well, like if, uh, like if it's that much of a thing, just like just either move it. wear like a headband or like cut <laughs> it or something. But he was like, no, this is nah, who I man. am. It's rock and roll. You have to look the part a little bit, which is something that I think, uh, you know, I've always struggled with personally. This was definitely a band that uh, a girl that I had a crush on liked them. And oh, so that's yeah. what got me into them. Yeah. Yeah. That was... Did you have any band like that? Oh, for sure. The main one, the main band that I'd listened to because of a girlfriend came in college, not in high school. Mm. And it was the Ava Brothers. And it was like, I was really into this fucking girl, dude. Like... You know, one of the times Lara Kate and I broke up several times in our in our career before we got engaged. And I was single in college and these these people were like, The fucking Ava brothers are amazing. <laughs> They're so hot. You know, like they were like, They're so hot and they just they don't even have a drummer and it's amazing. <laughs> and uh and you know, I'm like a I'm like a punk kid, like I've graduated to like broken social scene and like neutral milk hotel and like, you know, college yeah. college indie stuff but the Ava brothers so we went to the we went to the charleston show we drove a long way to the charleston show and just real like the Ava brothers kind of preceded mumford and sons this like, was yeah. yeah this was 2005 were, this is yeah. before they were yeah and this was giant. before the Avon brothers were like rick rubin yeah right yeah. grammy winning like back when they were they good. were still decent like but i, I just I remember like, like being at the show and being like I am out of my fucking element. Like, <laughs> this is not what I'm used to. Like, and I, you know, I always look this way. So uh, I'm not like you know, down home or or sweet potato pie enough, I guess, for an Aver Brothers show. Just but so I everyone really knows, did, I really did like it. Justin is six foot eight. <laughs> Big blue mohawk. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, dude, and and not like going back on it. I don't. I don't like the Aver Brothers. Yeah, like, that's fine. I like a few of those songs from that era. They got some misses, but I think overall, I like. Were, I like them. Was but. there any gentler bands that you were into? I mean, maybe even like a little bit post high school, early twenties. I've grown to love so many gentler bands. Like, I mean, God, I'm in Pony League. We're pretty. <laughs> yeah, we're pretty relaxed. But like, uh, yeah, I just came to it later, and even like my early college transition from like. I had, like, the quintessential experience. I had a guy who was, like, I went to the theater. I did theater classes, and this guy who's older than me was, like, what kind of music do you listen to? Presumably because I wore, like, Vans or Chuck Taylors. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's, like, easy identification. Did you wear Vans or Chuck Taylors? Like, See, what, what was your shoe? I can't remember. I can't remember. Probably Chuck's. Yeah. You know, at the time. Yeah. When's the last time you now. tried to wear Chuck Taylors? They're so uncomfortable. I wore Chuck Taylors like two days ago. They're dude. so uncomfortable. I'm the same guy. I'm the worst person for this <laughs> podcast. No, you're perfect <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah, this guy was like, what do you listen to? I was like, I listen to like, you know, punk and 
and punk and stuff. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and he, and he literally like, I was like, like this guy. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. about him. He was like, listen to this. And he like gave me like, uh, I don't know, like broken social scene or built a spill or something. And yeah, yeah it changed my life. It opened up my whole palette. <clears throat> and gradually I went to a lot of Mason Jennings shows and really laid back shit. <clears throat> but high school it was it but was, high school it was, it was like no, you know the only laid no back stuff i listened to was dashboard no. confessional yeah, because dashboard. it happened to be acoustic yeah in, in terms of like thematic <laughs> it's content pretty, yeah. it's hardcore <laughs> right. it's horrible awful shit like i would yeah. never go back and and do it but no nah, yeah i i've expanded a lot since then what about um any older bands when you were in high school that you were really into was there any i am dude Really? Interesting. I think I brought up R.E.M. First concert that he ever went I brought up R.E.M. in our last podcast as a band that I didn't really listen to in high school, but I thought it was kind of like thinking about that band now, not that I listen to them a lot or anything, but I I see that I, we all should have paid more attention to that. Well, when did the the criminally under, like they should be in the same sentence as like, you know, uh, know, Led Zeppelin or like U2 or like whatever the generation is after that. They always played with Radiohead and they were like best friends with Radiohead and it's weird that that Radiohead, I mean, I mean, arguably maybe REM was even more successful than Radiohead, but they didn't, they haven't stayed critically relevant the way that Radiohead has. When did you get to Georgia, like when did? Oh, very young. Very yeah. young. Yeah, yeah. Because like, I, I we moved back and forth until it was, I was about it's a bit six, of a and then I was thing. I was here. I wonder Georgia. because yeah, like I grew up in Virginia Beach, and I remember hearing like "Losing My Religion" and like those songs on the radio. We were but, very proud of them as Georgia. Yeah. I, th- I think you should be. Yeah. I think yeah. part of the problem is almost like kind of how I was saying with the hip hop is like REM was a little bit old school by the time that we were listening to our our own music. Dude, you know by the I time mean? I was born, they were already old school. <laughs> <laughs> like they, I guess like, it's losing the my end religion of the world was like ninety one. That's like ninety one, yeah. yeah. Like and that was like they had already released like six, seven albums right, by that time. Right. Like, they had the 80s, man. They were doing the same thing in the 80s that the Talking Heads were doing. Right. Which is like releasing amazing, like really good music that holds up today, critically acclaimed, super influential, but just not like, but for some, not on the radio or on yeah, MTV and, and shit. And then for some reason, they didn't quite hold their cultural relevance. I, no. I still don't really know why. It, it ended with Jim Carrey and Man on the Moon, too. Yeah. Dude, I... Uh, in the late 90s. By the way. I watched... <laughs> so I watched that, uh, that like, Netflix documentary. Oh, yeah, yeah. Jim and like, Andy. When it came out, and uh, I really liked it. And what happened after I finished that documentary is I watched probably 12 different versions of them playing man on the moon live. Yeah. And one of them was with Bruce Springsteen and oh it was my God. The, it, like Madison so square good? garden. It was so fucking good. Yeah. He was like, Andy, did you hear about this one? Well, oh, REM is one of those fans, so too, that, like, all other musicians love. Yeah. <laughs> they, you know how, like, in comedy, when someone's like, he's a comedian's yeah. comedian. <laughs> REM is a musician's band. Yeah. Like, right. they're, they're just, they're, like, four fucking really just, like, awesome dudes. You knew if you hung out with them at a party, you would be like, how can I hang out with them more? Like... <laughs> I don't know. I'd, Do you think it'd be cool to hang guys, out with Michael guys... Stipe? Dude, why would that not be cool? Oh, he probably seems, be weird. I don't know. It seems like <laughs> he he's kind of a weird dude. He doesn't dude. seem like a good I don't hang. know. I, I feel like... 
that's so crazy. No, no, no. Maybe like I feel like I'm weird. a weird dude. I feel like you know that in the same way that like you're like Justin's quite an opinionated fellow. Like that's the same way Michael Stipe is, man. He's just got some uh, I mean, opinions and, to share. And he, you know? yeah, he might be just like a, a wonderful person. I don't know. I'm just kind of gauging on the little bit that I know about him. I think, like, that, uh, I think that I think that Michael Stipe has. Um, I think that he is. Cri- he's very aware of his status <laughs> as an your elder statesman. So careful. Yeah, careful. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's very aware as, of his of his status as an elder statesman. Yeah, and like he feels that he has to look and do the part. Like. By contrast, Mike Mills, right? Like one of my yeah. favorite guitarists. Like a guy I can actually emulate. I can't be Jimmy Page, but I can fucking be Mike Mills, and that's why I liked him in high school and shit. But like I'm, he's on Twitter. He's very forthcoming. He knows that he's the not the star of the band, and so like he's like, I don't have a fucking legacy to protect. Whatever, I'm gonna be political <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, I feel like they Michael Stipe is, band, you know, though, Michael Stipe's kind of you know he's Stipe's kind of gone image. though, right? Isn't he? Like, well, REM broke up. They don't. Well, they well, didn't yeah. break up. They just don't tour anymore. But Stipe, any. Stipe isn't doing anything. I think uh, Mike Mills had a. Album My, recently, no, Mills right? did an album, yeah, yeah. But Stipe hasn't done anything. He doesn't do much think. with music. Yeah, he's I wanna. I'm not doing his David Byrne like late career. No renaissance, films or anything. You know? <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Like, I wanna. I wanna go back to that because I think you've you've brought it up a few times, and I feel the same way. Is the like when you were in high school and you heard certain guitar players or certain musicians, and like there were the ones that were just like are always going to be like the greatest guitar players. But you have said like, like uh, <clears throat> with like the get up kids or when Mike Mills was like, I could do that yeah. or I could see myself doing that. Right. Like how much more were you inclined to like a band because they almost seem obtainable as opposed to just like this thing. That's like, I'll never be that. Sure. No, that's a great question, dude. Thank I, you. Don't, I don't know that I've, <laughs> I host a podcast. Yeah, that's a really, really great. Like to Killing it, buddy. just to just to to pick up on everything I've said so far and come in with a late Terry Gross style question like that. Like I'm I'm truly impressed. No, because honestly, I, I kind of feel the same no, way. No, I I I think that I think that there's a lot to be said for that. Like you you gravitate towards uh you know what what you can do like you know. I'm a musician because music comes naturally to me. I'm not going to be a painter because painting is fucking difficult. And then, like, when you break that down into subcategories, like, yeah, certain music is easier to play. Like, I never got really, really into, like, the blues or, or like, uh, or jazz. Jazz. Or until, like, later in my life, like... And honestly, hip hop brought me into jazz. Like yeah. not not jazz itself, but just like jazzy beats. <laughs> yeah, jazzy beats where I was like, This fucking rules. Now I can get down on like some like Kamasi Washington. Like For sure. I, I'm into new jazz or I'm into blues artists, but yeah, at that time in my life I think that it was more like uh, like I you know, the Kurt Cobain school of thought. Like when you're born in the mid eighties, you grow up in like all these people who by all like accounts, they fucking suck at their instrument, yeah. and they're making millions of dollars. And like we saw it as like, you can be a rock star even being bad at music. Yeah. Then when yeah. you stopped caring about money, there are still people who are like making, I don't know, like expressions 
of the thing that you wish you could express mm-hmm. pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Like there's just a low barrier to entry, it, man. It's when it's you the know? same when you see. Uh, I'm not a musician. As a filmmaker, it's the same as when you see a small budget indie right. film and you just go like holy shit i mean even watching like shorts on vimeo and stuff or, yeah. you know or or you know i've been to a bunch of film festivals or screenings where the filmmaker comes out and they're like you know what was your process and they're like well we raised about five thousand dollars and right we dude. did our best and <laughs> right. you're just like holy shit that could be me one day so like if you know you're gonna be working with budgets that small why would you go and just like rent every michael bay film you possibly right. can get your hands on right like, absolutely yeah and i think in high school it was very much like people handing out like you know burn cds or going to punk shows i went to a lot of like local punk shows with bands who were pretty terrible like they're bad but i loved every minute of it yeah because because they were doing it because they were doing it yeah. dude i'm like and then yeah. i got to go up there and do it like we talked about uh some of the same venues we won't mention any of them by name here but like we can say Swayze's. We, we played at <laughs> some of the same venues in high school that gave us a chance at showing off our really bad low budget film in the form of a 20 minute set of shitty music yeah like, you know, so, yeah, I think it informed a lot, man. And I think it even today, it's hard to it's hard to say that, like, I'm going to listen to, like, I really liked the Mars Volta for so many years. But after a while, you're just like, if you're a creative person, you're just like, I'll never be able to do this. Yeah. And it's kind of a daunting thing, and it like kind of spoils it. It's like spoiled fruit. You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, to again compare it to filmmaking, it's you don't watch Jurassic Park, uh, the new ones, yeah, with all these crazy CGI and visual effects because you're like, one day, you know, right, you, right, you, 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 <laughs> like. I think there's some enjoyment to be had by these huge budget, sure, thousand people working on them films, but you know, you, you kind of go back. I mean, if you're a film oriented person, yeah, you kind of go back to those things that are small and quiet because you go like, totally. I mean, right. I get it. I totally get where the, this is a beautiful story that's told in means that I understand of, of storytelling. Right. Um, music is a similar way. Like sometimes you don't really feel like you can connect with the, method of telling oh sure sure Um, i think the medium dictates a lot mm -hmm. in terms of what like you you know it's like you might feel like you have a lot to say but it's difficult to say everything that's in your head within the medium you choose unless uh, unless it's like it allows for that you showed me my morning jacket which became one of my favorite bands but you showed that is my favorite band yeah justin's favorite band you showed them to me i think it was before evil urges maybe even like it was really late for them and then they didn't really they haven't really released that much since then jim james has done some solo stuff but like i went back and listened to all their old stuff and loved it but Mm -hmm. i i didn't have much time to be excited about a new album besides circuital i think was the only new album since yeah basically the time you showed them to me so I was I like not that I missed the boat. I mean they were still very popular when I was listening to them, but I didn't have that like ooh they're releasing a new album. Let's see what they do, do now. Yeah. I had to listen to their five albums that they had already released over and over again. Yeah. Do you remember when um like uh, late night with Conan O'Brien would come on Comedy Central like 
the uh, next yeah. day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So totally. I would like come home from school, like come home from high school, and I would eat dinner and watch the previous night's Late Night with Conan O'Brien on Comedy Central. And uh, they they were the musical guest, and they played uh, uh, One Big Holiday. Yeah. And, uh, and afterwards... Cause you know, like a lot of times, like the host is always like, "That was great," and he like shakes everybody's hand, yeah. and he's like, "Says the name of the band." But like Conan, after they played One Big Holiday, he came out and was just so excited about what That's he'd awesome. just seen, and they were all just like these long-haired nobodies, yeah, right. and not beast, the greatest just going crazy. And I remember like watching that, having never heard that band before. And I like I went to school the next day, and I told Mitchell about this band, and he like he bought the CD for me for my it birthday. It still moves. Yeah. Hell yeah. It was so good. See, that's that's album. their third album, it's... but that's the one I think that most yeah. most current diehards probably consider their entry point. It's their jam. The first, the first two are like uh, are like those rite of passage ones where yeah. you're like. Oh no! They're I low fi Tennessee still, Fire. Then, you didn't yeah. listen to Tennessee Fire till later, <laughs> right. yeah. you know. But oh. it still moves. Was like the the stratosphere, right? And to me, that's not even my favorite. My favorite is Z. But that's what yeah. happened. Was I was into it still moves first, and then it was that exact thing you're talking about, where you're like, they're coming out with a new album, right? And then I don't know how many times this has actually happened in my life, man. Even especially since then, but like. When's the last time a band came out with an album and you're like, it's so fucking good? Yeah, like it's just it blows your mind. It blows everything out of the water. Yeah, it I makes know, the last I, album like they this were little bitch in comparison, yeah. and that's what Z did. They, they did that for me even with Evil Urges, and then oh, so good, um, such a good record. And then I would say Kendrick is like maybe the only other guy because I was excited for To Pimp a Butterfly. And then that album is just way like blows Mad City out of the water. I love Mad City, but like oh, it did things that I was just like I was excited for, it, and then it dropped, and I was just like, "Holy shit, yeah. this is so fucking yeah. so good!" It's like everything I wanted. It, you're right; that is a very special experience. And it you just doesn't you don't get a it lot. that often. Yeah. Well, yeah. A lot of times you're like let down. Like you get for your sure. you get your you know excitement up, and then you listen to it, and you're like. I didn't like it as much as the last thing. Which I so want to acknowledge does... how unfair that is. Like, you well, and I are yeah. musicians. <laughs> we would hate to hear someone saying this Absolutely. about our music. But, like, it is a thing, you know? And it's something that, like, the reason why the sophomore slump is a is a, is a thing. Well, it's more about a fan, the fandom than the band. Like, if you have a right. fan who's that excited, you've done well. You've got to deliver. But it yeah. sucks because then you have a fan who's that excited, and that means they're... Yeah, are the, huge. The know? last thing that you made got someone so, so happy and amped, so into yeah. your music. And then, like, if you... You, and it, you need to listen to My Morning Jacket's The Waterfall, though. Is it? It's I've, pretty true. I yeah. forgot that that album even came it's out. It's so good. It's really then, good. I think it's better than Circuit All. It's, like, it's like it's better flowier. Than yeah. yeah. It's better yeah. than Circuit No, no, no. I, like, I forgot that it came out, and then I think, because I think I listened to it like once or twice when it came out, and then moved on to something else, and then I actually was like listening to an interview with him, and he referenced that, and I was like, oh, yeah. yeah. I went back, listened to it, and... uh yeah, it's great. I think it's really good. He has a lyric in that song in which he addresses the person listening to the song 
in the future, years after the album came out. That always blows my mind. I, I, I don't know how Jim James is on another like, plane of existence. Lyrically, man. there's some fucking amazing. He's things. just a he's he's my guru. Like as much of a punk kid as I am, like I wish I grew up with yeah, whatever it's very, Jim James grew up with because he's in tune <laughs> with something it, with it's, the universe. It's weirdly like I, I've said jammy a few times, but they're almost more jam no, band. They, they're than, jam band than band, like you know. Yeah. And well, then they're folky like an, and they're stuff, like but, an indie rock jam band. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like they're not fish. No, but like you, because they they have like more they'll talent. be on the same <laughs> bill as the national. But I, I know a right. lot of people that are like into jam bands that also like My Morning Jacket. Uh, dude, Reinhardt, you cannot go to a My Morning Jacket show without leaving and being like, "That's the best live show I've seen." Yeah. Like I'm just I don't know what it's like to see Led Zeppelin, but I imagine like seeing My Morning Jacket for our generation. Yeah. Is like what seeing Led Zeppelin might have been like. Like I, every show is an experience, man, mm-hmm. and it's and it appeals to your classic rock, like your upbringing, your indie rock, like snobby sensibilities, and also like just your giddy fun side. Like the dude knows how to throw down and have Jay, fun. We saw them together at the Fox, and it's arguably oh, the did best you go show to that? I ever went to. Yeah, me, we were both. We there. were like in the in the back balcony row of the balcony. It was kind of empty up there, I was there for whatever reason. I was on one. I don't even want to tell you. Uh, we <laughs> were, were on a podcast. We were smoking was, a joint in the balcony of the Fox. <laughs> I was yes. screaming. It was, it was cool. Like nobody like was this. up there. Weirdly, ah. it was like very chill. Oh, it was. A very unique and different concert experience for me, but it's it's maybe my favorite. It's it's definitely up there with some of my best live shows I've yeah. ever seen. Very different, very unique, an amazing show. Like yeah. they performed just amazing. I think um, I've seen them more than any other band. But the first time I saw them was uh, Bonnaroo 2008, which is now a uh, it's a legendary. Set. Yeah, yeah. They played and for like three hours. Four. They four. did uh, that um, call Tyrone cover. Yeah, Eric and, oh, and uh, the, the Sweet Jane. Yeah, yeah. So you can go to archive and download the sets. It's in three. If you put it on a yeah. CD, it's three discs. That's how long it's it was. Crazy. But like, uh, so I was there when the rain is fucking yeah. fully coming down and one big holiday is playing oh, and so kirk God. hammett comes out from metallica oh, who headlined no. bonnaroo kirk hammett is like going <laughs> like and he's just riffing on top <laughs> of the shit and we're like standing under this tarp and we're just like it's probably 2 30 in the morning i'm like peaking yeah. <laughs> and that's all i'll say <laughs> and uh yeah is the greatest concert i've ever seen like that's awesome. Dude. I can imagine that's what people think when they talk about like you know Woodstock or Altamont. Like it sucks. My they, morning jacket, Bonnaroo, two thousand eight. They are a live band. They, they, their band. tours now are like four cities. Oh yeah, they, they're they, only they doing just, two dates next year in the U.S. Outside of their uh, well, no, the other things in Mexico. And in yeah, they do that Mexico. They're doing Red Rocks thing or whatever. Like, one other city. Yeah. And I even asked my wife, like, should we get the Red Rocks tickets? We, we should. Almost me, and, did. me and Sam talked about taking that one we big holiday did. cruise. Dude, show I want to do it so bad. It's like, it'll cost you like $3,000. See, a that's, piece, that's, like, getting, <laughs> that's the getting older thing. Like, if I were in my 40s, I would fucking do it. Right. Because like, I, I would have, I know that I would have like a little bit of disposable. Right. And you're just right like, now, I'm just like, fuck. that's irresponsible. It <laughs> does seem like the most fun uh, like an adult can have. <laughs> it's because like, you're paying for a festival that you don't have to deal with any of the right. bullshit. Yeah. Like, it's only my morning jacket fans. <laughs> it's only people who, I don't know, as bougie as this chill. sounds, it's like, 
they've got money. Like, yeah, right. They're not just like <laughs> the worst concert goer <laughs> ever. Like I've been I, Bonnaroo is the it's like a it's like stratification. It's like the airport yeah. being at Bonnaroo. Like you got your first class and you cut. <laughs> And, like, I've seen kids dancing, like, tripping their balls off dancing, being like, I'll dance for a grilled cheese <laughs> in front what? of, like, grilled cheese vendors. And I'm like, that kid has no cash. <laughs> like, he's just on drugs for the weekend, but begging for drugs, food. Hungry. Goddamn. Yeah. And then you've got, like, the Kardashian but crew. Goddamn, he's a hell like, of a dancer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then they've got the VIP section and, like, you know. What's his name from the Decemberist? Colin Malloy. Yeah. He looked at the VIP section at Bonnaroo and was like, those look like nice chaise lounges. <laughs> and everyone was laughing. <laughs> and then he goes, just know when the revolution comes, yours are the first with your backs against the wall. <laughs> and then he started their song. And everyone, like, you know, 90% of the crowd was like, yeah, and like I wouldn't imagine the Decemberists to whip revolution among an audience. Dude, I, but they did. Dude. I, like, I had a, a little very, bit testy. I had a very. Uh, it was like probably like halfway through last year. I, for whatever reason, uh, remembered the Decemberists again, a band that I really liked in high school. We're gonna wrap this up, um, and they have this live album. Um, and it's on Spotify, and I've listened to it at this point probably like fifty times. Yeah, I love the Decemberists. They're like, so good. This this is the last song on this live album, and it was on uh, their album that that came out when I was like a junior in high school, and I really liked this song. Um, but I don't know if it's like a bummer or if it's cool or not. Just play um, it. Let's talk. I'm gonna play it. Let's talk. Do you want to actually do you fucking uh, plug plug your shit? Your this is we're winding down. Oh, cool. Yeah, this Tell, is the part where when the tweet goes viral, you put your SoundCloud link in as a reply to the tweet. Absolutely. Right. Tell us. Tell us about. <laughs> I know how the fucking internet works, Jay. Tell the people what you want them to know about you. What they want. Oh. What you want them to. Well, seek I think out. the most pertinent thing now is that uh, Jay and I are in a band. Uh, called Mountain Party that uh, just got done recording some stuff and uh, by the time you hear this years from now uh, it'll have been out for two years and no one will have listened to it just like this podcast Um, but no I mean uh, you've offended me on two Uh, different so like no we're in a we're in a band that sounds very much like it was influenced by the get up kids like I'm not gonna lie uh that's what it sounds like and it's not it's not concerned with with girls or high school uh, lyrical content but musically it is uh it is that type of music uh other than that you know yeah i, I got a little small record label that puts out music occasionally bear kids recordings um i'm in pony league with you also me and Jay are in several bands we actually me and gus uh Started writing some new songs last night. So. Nice. Oh, we sure. are, yeah. we might have, by the time this I'm comes excited. out, we might have uh, some Pony League stuff. Let's. We're going to go out on this song. Uh, Justin Green, I fucking love you. Thank love you. Love you too, dude. Thank, I'm flattered that you thought of me. I am so glad you came and did this. I. We probably could have done a seven-hour podcast. Oh, sure. And we're getting um, close. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're here. But we, uh, that comic relief, that production... <laughs> We're so definitely good. we're gonna have you back uh, at some point because uh, I know there's there's things that we 
did not even scratch the surface of. Oh, sure. We can touch on the Ghetto Boys next time. Yeah, buddy. <laughs> or right. Kilo, Kilo Ali. Uh, Muhammad. Yo. I fucking love you too, dude. I love you, bro. Kitty uh, Wing. Keep this up. In the house. This is, uh, I, I, and if you're still listening at this point, I fucking love you too. Um, not the band, but you. I'm talking about you that's listening to this podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening to another episode of my high school iPod. Uh, this is Jay Howell signing off uh, with this song by the Decemberists. It's off their live album. Um, we all raise our voices to the air. Uh, and it, the song is called I Was Meant for the Stage. All right, I think we got time for one more. And I expect we'll see you guys soon enough. I was meant for the stage I was meant for the curtain I was meant to train these boys of this much I am certain I was meant for applause I was meant for the shouting I was meant to raise these hands with quiet all about me Oh Mother please be Father, be forgiving Even though you told me, son, you'll never make a living Oh, oh And from the four boys to the flies Here I was fated to resign And as I take my final bow Was there ever any doubt?